So a complete change of topic that just came to me right as we hit the gong. Um, One, I started to reflect on the the largest fire in California history that's going on right as we sit here tonight. And really just take that in, all the the people who are being affected by that fire and, and... And yet, how easy it is, how easy it is for us to be in a state of not knowing, in a state of a certain kind of obliviousness. And it may be a function of our consciousness that we can only, in terms of our ordinary consciousness, we can only know what we're experiencing through our six sense doors. And of course, if we we're watching a television or listening to a radio, we'd be employing our sense doors and we, would, we could find out what's happening afar or reading a book about different places in the world. But mostly we rely on our senses and our ordinary consciousness. But there's some way that we feel uh, we can, through the cultivation of consciousness, we can, we can feel things that may not be so obviously present to us. We, in fact, sometimes it's a very interesting phenomenon when people sit uh, longer practice periods, they tap into, um, and there may be some speculation in this, but people have a a felt sense of tapping into a uh, a collective suffering you know, kind of the world suffering, people will just start to feel what doesn't feel so personal. starts to feel very universal. Uh, and of course, people also begin to experience an expansion of what we usually think our mind is. And, and, and maybe even in the course of a 45-minute sitting, you go from from being quite preoccupied with your own internal drama and living in a very narrow little bubble and your body is tight and your mind is busy and all of a sudden the dust settles and and then you realize, wow, when I'm just here in this room, uh, things are more open. My my heart feels more open. So there's something about the cultivation of consciousness that can expand our sensitivity. And this is really what we want, to, we want to do. Even though it's a moment-to-moment attention to the details of our experience, what we're doing is we're opening our consciousness to be more sensitive. And from an inner point of view, we're sensitive to our inner life and then learning about it, learning the flow of sensation, of moods, learning how to how to not just think about our feelings, but to feel them. You know, we're great at thinking about feelings. We're not good at feeling them. That's just kind of sad. And to have an increasing sense that, that feelings are just the flow of, of weather, uh, the internal weather that functions very much unbidden like the outside weather uh, as changing conditions. Sometimes sunny, sometimes rainy, sometimes stormy. And we begin to develop an understanding of the, of the inner 
uh, landscape and the inner weather. And the same is true as our consciousness expands and the outside we see what's going on in our world. So there's a, a direct social impact to our, the simple cultivation of, of mindful attention moment to moment. It expands our consciousness. Just increasingly in the course of, of my life, I remember, I've told this story before, I remember when I first started to lead groups. Uh, I, my consciousness, even though I'd had all kinds of different meditative experiences, it was, um, my attention was really selective. It took in what was familiar, it took in what was pleasant and easy, and the things that were not so easy to bear, it, it just didn't notice or it, it turned away in fear. And I remember there was a, I was leading, it was actually in this neighborhood, not in this, on 23rd and Castro. Uh, my dear friends, the, the woman, uh, Sharda Rogel, who I began the San Francisco uh, insight, first insight meditation group with, uh, 33 and a half years ago, we started in her home. And in order to to come up to her home. She was on the second floor of one of those Victorian flats. And there was a person who came up the stairs who had a very, uh, very challenging disability. And she, she walked up the stairs and I, I looked at her and I went, I got afraid, which was so shocking. At least my consciousness was open enough to register this automatic fear and it began a, a process of, of slowly turning toward, it almost became the, the cause and condition for, uh, for a, a, an intuitive desire to move toward what was uh, difficult to be with. And increasingly over the years, and I think it's really a function of our consciousness to keep expanding the circle of what we take in. And you can see in this world, hopefully, even though there seem to be equal and opposite reactions, there is an increasing sensitivity right now. And it's every bit as much of our Dharma practice as experiencing the rarefied states of, of consciousness. But there is an uh, essential part of the Dharma that is expanding our circle of sensitivity to... Uh, to to, it, to injustice, to racism, to bias of, of uh, an othering of all the different many ways. And this process, once consciousness, I, I'm using that word tonight for awareness or whatever that is that makes us awake and allows us to know that we're here and register experience, whatever that is, it's... Once it begins to wake up, it can't go to sleep anymore. Even though we still there, we still prone to for self-deception. It just starts opening, and once once your consciousness opens, it's really intensely painful. It's intensely painful because this world is just so filled with in, endemic um, injustice and pain. <clears throat> 
It's just part of it. And to be able to tolerate the amount of, of injustice as our consciousness inevitably opens, we have to be able to, uh, to balance it with the other beautiful internal effects of meditation, which is the, the regulating of our nervous system, our, the calming of our mind, the, clari- the, the softening of our heart to be able to accommodate uh, the pain of our life. And yet, you can, I can paint a very beautiful, idealistic picture of it, but it's painful. It's hard. And especially opening to injustice and racism, everything. It's just such a messy and painful thing. There's just, you can't, you can't make it, you can't, you can't make your mind uh, pretty and exclusive. It's, it is, um, we have ugliness in this world. And this is why the, the breadth of practice is to awaken to the joys and the sorrows of life. But it all starts with moment-to-moment attention. I, in the last minute of the practice tonight, it was as though I, I after a day of really being, um, I, I got traumatized by my own ignorance, my own shroud of, of ignorance around... Um, racism and things that I really care about. I, I did something that um, where the effect of my action really triggered someone and they, they got, um, uh, actually a group of people, they got quite upset. And I felt, uh, I felt an enormous sense of um, shame and, and, um, and just, I was just in a, in a really funky state. And, of course, I, as I went through this, this very tender uh, state, I, you know, there was some awareness that popped in every now and then, but I was pretty much caught up in the, in the suffering that I was experiencing. But tonight, as I sat, it was as though there was a certain kind of recovery. And what became so clear again, and maybe this may not feel like it or sound, I'm going to see if it relates to everything I've said up to this point, but it was as though I realized once again that I have every moment already existing as the very nature of my mind. I have everything I need to find peace and balance in the midst of, this, of my joys and sorrows and ups and downs. And that and that that which I have, that which you have, uh, as the very nature of the mind through which you are perceiving right now, is your absolute, um, is something that you can really rely on. So you've probably heard the expression before, um, awareness of sad is not sad. Awareness of happy is not happy. Awareness of, 
of fear is not afraid. Awareness of grief is not grieving. Awareness, the very, the very quality of attention that knows an experience, knows an object, is absolutely untouched, unmoved by the experience that visits. It is, un, it is unalterable. It may be from time to time colored by certain perceptions that come and go, but attention itself is always empty, calm, free, without is not bound. It is without limits. It is, and it's amazingly enough, it's your natural state. And to the degree that we know this, nurture it, get used to it, know that it's our natural state, practice it, increasingly, no matter what it is that's going, no matter what it is that we're dealing with, we... we know that there is an element, it's called, we might call it the, the Dharma, uh, there is an element in us that is um, untouched, that's, that is unconditionally um, free. Does this seem like a useful thing for you to, to know and cultivate? So in the Tibetan teachings they say, to know whether this is so, Look within the nature of your mind. Now, when you're aware of sitting right now, just be aware of your sitting body sitting. Be aware of your hands touching whatever they're touching. Your lips touching. Your feet touching. And now withdraw your attention from the different objects of awareness and be aware of just the fact that you're aware. And when you, when you are in touch with the simple fact of being aware, notice the quality of that awareness. Notice the reverberation on the, on the state of your mind. Or just notice what that awareness is like. Just being aware of being aware. Is it, does it have a, a place? Does it have a size? Does it have a color? Does it have a shape? Does it have a, does it, does it, does it come and go? Does it? Is it agitated or is it calm? My contention is, but don't believe me, this is really all about seeing for yourself, that this natural state of awareness is 
is still. It's calm. It's open. Now just see if you can just stay here for a while. Stay just simply aware of being aware. And then let your body again mingle with this being aware. Let whatever the state of your mind mingle with this being aware. And you may discover that whatever you mingle with this simple act of being aware, being in a state of lucid awareness, in your natural state of awareness, whatever you mingle with that will itself become peaceful, will become quieter, become workable. To know whether this is so, look directly at the nature of being aware. Now you may think this is unrelated to opening to the difficulties of life, but just as I was suggesting before, if you stabilize this, if you get used to it, if you practice it over and over and over, it will uh, both allow, because it has no limits, it will just keep expanding And its expression is uh, caring, is an open heart. Its uh, nature is increasingly, its nature is clarity. Get really clear. And I don't know if that clarity means a lot to you. But somehow when, just as I'm experiencing it right now, I'm just thinking out loud. But when my mind is more free of its usual preoccupations, it becomes clear and it becomes quiet. And if I, as one of my favorite teachers, Nisargadot, says, if I don't disturb that clear and quiet and I stay, stay with it, I'll discover that it's permeated with a kind of light and a love. So I just start to feel really connected to um, what my senses are registering. So I feel more connected to you and, the, and feel more part of the world around me. To know whether this is so, I have to look within my own experience. So the clarity, that, that 
removing the, the dust of memory and actually experiencing life very intimately gives rise to what I would kind of more poetically call falling in love with, with life. It's not just a blank nothing, this nature of awareness. It's filled with a kind of um, viscosity of, um, of life and the connection between us. And that's not something I create. It's something that's there and available to us all the time. But we, unless we train our mind to stay here and awake, we, we sleepwalk. We just become absorbed in our internal dialogue and miss this ever-present uh, wakefulness and clarity. So I, I just feel... Um, like I kind of recovered tonight just by being here with you. And I'm, I'm reminded again that uh, the peace and the sense of relief that I'm often in a hidden way or in a sometimes unconscious way looking for uh, is really none other than the natural state of my own mind. And the intimacy and love that I'm often looking for is also um, available in just the, the nutriment of being um, aware and, and clear. Because I don't know about you, but right now in these moments that I'm just aware with you or maybe you're aware with me and I'm not looking back, I'm not looking ahead, I'm not reflecting on my life, I'm not, you know, I'm not preoccupied with my situation in my life. When I'm right here, I don't want anything. I don't need anything. Everything, at least momentarily, of course we still have so many problems, but everything momentarily is granted. It's the nourishment that I need. To know whether this is so, look at your own mind right now. Don't believe anybody. But this Getting used to this and carry it, it comes with a lot of joy, but it comes with a lot of heartache. Uh, and, you know, that's what, that's where we get that beautiful, necessary combination of wisdom that tells us that we're nothing that can be named and love which said, it tells us that we're everything. It comes from just being intimately present with yourself at and each other as ourself and each other.
So I, I'm not sure who said it. Was it Thich Nhat Hanh that peace is possible in any moment? Why is that the case? Because it's the natural state of your own mind and it's literally a split second away. And it's something that we can nurture. Very inspiring line from the Buddha, whatever one frequently dwells upon becomes the inclination of the mind. So let us all dwell from morning till night in, in awareness, you know, mixed with love and commit ourselves to it. Don't just wait for, don't just practice on Tuesday night. When you wake up in the morning, notice, I'm aware. What am I aware of? And, oh, awareness is quiet. Awareness is peaceful. My mind is noisy, but awareness is peaceful. The world is noisy, but the awareness of noise is not noisy. My heart is broken as it was last night. But my the knowing of that, it's not broken. It's quiet. So let's just have a few minutes of quiet, a few moments of quiet, and then we'll call it a night. your own kind attention act as a a a balm of forgiveness to your heart mind body it's your mind that allows you to ask for and extend forgiveness know the natural peace and ease that is the natural peace and ease of our own minds. May all beings feel safe in this world from inner and outer harm. May all beings live with ease and may our practice of loving attention, presence, be dedicated every day to the welfare and benefit of all. May all beings be liberated from confusion.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.